Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Everyone thought Truman was just uh, such a little fancy boy. He was the last president to be elected that did not have a college degree. Isn't that something? Isn't it, though? Scott Walker has no college degree as well, but I don't think that's going to work out for him. (laughs) There's still hope. I think that he would drop the bomb, though. A couple of times. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Hello. we got a fun guest in here today. He's the president of Psalm Consulting. He's also a contributor to Bold.Global. He worked on Joe Loda's mayoral campaign right here in New York City. And I have to say, once again, on the record, List Below got my vote <laughs> yeah, in protest of Bill de Blasio. So it's good to have uh, the other person who voted for Joe Loda in the room. I assume you did vote for Joe Loda? I absolutely did. That's great. That's very <laughs> nice. He was also he also worked on the presidential campaign for Rudy Giuliani, and now he is a Republican strategist and columnist. Evan Siegfried is with us. Uh, thank you for having me. I've gotten some shore leave from the war on women to come and be with you. That's perfect. Yeah, as a Republican, uh, you must just absolutely love being on the front lines of the war against women. Yes, I serve on the SS vast right-wing conspiracy. Very and, good. You know, the lifestyle's pretty good, although women hate me for because I'm a Republican in New York City. That is not shocking whatsoever. you got to find the one that loves you, but then you know what she is? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. So let's, let's stick with the war on women, as a matter of fact. Uh, obviously, we're 27 days out of Iowa right now, away from Iowa, and uh, the women's issues are going to be coming up on a regular basis, specifically when it comes to Bill Clinton's relationship with women and Donald Trump's calling out Bill Clinton uh, and Hillary Clinton for her enabling Bill Clinton's relationship uh, with certain women. Do you think this is a good strategy for Donald Trump to go and attack Hillary because of her husband's misgivings uh, in the 90s? Haven't we hashed all this out already? A month out from Iowa and New Hampshire? It's a brilliant strategy. You think so? I'm not a Trump supporter, but... Let's look at who votes in the uh, Republican primaries. Mm-hmm. You have people who are further to the right and more the base who are militantly anti-Clinton. You're talking about in Iowa. Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. They're not big Bill Clinton fans. And Bill Clinton's uh, many sexual misdeeds and misconduct uh, is a big deal to them. It's It goes to moral character of not only Bill, but Hillary, who helped cover it up. How bad would the Clintons have to be if Donald Trump was somehow able to flank them on the morality side? <laughs> I mean, this is a man who has done, uh, with his billions of dollars, put up casinos. He's worked with some of the sketchiest individuals in the history of 
lucrative business. How corrupt must the Clintons be if Trump is getting tread on this narrative that he is somehow more uh, embracing of women's rights than Hillary Clinton, a female herself? Well, actually, I would look at it this way. It's also great for Hillary Clinton. She's smiling every time Trump opens his mouth on it because it helps the uh, hardcore left, which she's having some troubles with because of Bernie Sanders. Right. She gets to say, look, I'm under attack. It's this Republican war on women. Look how mean this Donald Trump guy is and how out of touch he is. He just wants to insult my husband who happens to have, you know, forced himself on dozens of women right i don't know but it's a good strategy it's a win-win for them both it's not a winning strategy for trump in the general election why do you say that independent voters sort of give hillary a pass on all this stuff they have independent voters do i mean as an independent voter i don't necessarily give her a pass on this i also don't love to give donald trump a pass on his uh you know history of uh very inflammatory rhetoric um, but do you think it's more of the hardcore left that are going to be forced to give her a pass? The hardcore left are hypocritical when it comes to Hillary Clinton. Let's be honest. You know, you've got Andrew Cuomo in New York who came out. There are multiple assemblymen and women even in Albany who sexually harass their staff. And Andrew Cuomo calls on them to resign. And they do far lighter things than what Bill Clinton has done. And when it comes to Hillary Clinton... Andrew Cuomo's out there championing her like nobody else. So right. It's a double standard that's going on. And it does lead to some bizarre cheering moments. I was watching uh, Hillary was speaking. I believe it was in Iowa and a reporter, I didn't think it was actually New Hampshire, a reporter, a female reporter brought up, uh, you know, Broderick and, uh, you know, the other, a couple of other names that have been on the uh uh, you know, and the, on the list of the history of possible victims of Bill Clinton, and uh, and Hillary said she was rude and wasn't going to answer, and then the crowd erupted uh, in praise of Hillary's response. But if Hillary was a Republican and someone asked a question uh, about uh, you know sexual misconduct with a woman, and the Republican responded with uh, "You're rude, I'm not going to res- uh, answer that," do you think the crowds would be cheering? Uh, the Republican crowds would be cheering, but the media. They'd be seizing on it and say, why won't this uh, candidate answer that? It's a double standard both on the left and within the uh, mainstream media. So if you were advising Donald Trump right now, you would say all in, go all in, play the woman card, uh, ambush, uh, build this at the very least will nullify any female attacks against you. Because for all intents and purposes, Donald Trump has only said rude things about women. We have no history of uh, of any sexual misconduct. His wife, his ex-wife said that uh, she uh, that he had raped her. But then, of course, she clarified and said that was a that was a metaphor. And I believe what he did was to took all of her money. Ah, yes. And uh, Donald Trump's uh, counsel also said that, you know, it's not rape if you're married to the person. Oh, that's right. That was that was one of those classic new politician missteps. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't call it a politician misstep. That's a legal scholar. Oops. Right. Uh, It was just stunning. Everything that Trump has said about women has made me wonder, is this war on women, which I believe is 100 percent fictitious? actually existing but only in donald trump's universe right he but isn't donald trump's universe relatively vast i mean we discussed it on the on a, on a show a few weeks ago about how his numbers are a little bit inflated he has roughly 40 percent of the republican party which is 40 percent of the entire electorate so now he's looking at what about like 18 percent total support in the country 15 18 i'm gonna stop so, you there donald trump's universe is the greatest universe of all time i've heard of that and, mm. and it, it, it wins never loses to anything it doesn't uh, it kicks China's ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, how can we not vote for this? Uh, it, there's no specificity, but you know what? We're all going to trust him. Yeah, you Don't. have to. 
There's mm-hmm. because there's nothing else that we can do. It is as close to having a religious figure run for the presidency that we've ever seen. Oh no, we've we had, just have to take Obama it on faith. was that religious figure. He <laughs> that's true. He was portrayed as the second coming, uh, yeah. even on the right from the very far right, who had said you know he might be sort of the antichrist figure who's going to usher in Armageddon. Right, right, right. Oh man, I wish the day. Uh, what was it? The um, the uh, the great satirical ma- we the world weekly news the weekly world news yeah oh that was the best i wish it was still around in full form no it's not unfortunately the supermarkets have gone they've mm. downsized quite a bit yeah fresh direct really killed the weekly world news they yeah. did it was such an <laughs> impulse buy you looked at it you're like a ghost ship from 1738 i think i'll have that and and uh, along with my twinkies a quick aside on the weekly world news did you see that thing where hillary told a voter that she would fully investigate area yes. 51 yes, yes. i saw I, I pulled saw it, up, and I do not appreciate right. being pandered to. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Marcus, you were not happy about that. We came in to record uh, last podcast on the left, and I really thought you were going to uh, enjoy Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, when it came to her, um, you know, discussing that aliens might have already uh, reached humans. Absolutely not. And this is why I actually think this is somewhat pandering because if you took Bernie Sanders supporters and cross-referenced that with people who believe in UFOs, I think it's going to be. Pretty, it's going to match up pretty hardcore. On well, those first, two. Yeah. she's clearly taking an anti-real illegal alien uh, pander here. That's a good and, point. But Hillary Clinton, that Area Fifty One statement was more. She gave more specificity to that right. than her husband's affairs. She's been asked repeatedly about that or her role in her husband's affairs. And it's next question. Move on. Asked and answered. Same with Benghazi and her emails. But when it comes to Area 51, Hillary Clinton is your candidate, and she's on top of And it. she has been. It's one of the only areas of public policy where she has been very consistent. Since 1992, yeah. So, <laughs> Got to give it to her. And Bill, you know, when he was on the Arsenio Hall show and uh, and The Tonight Show, he mentioned one of his first um, things after, you know, going and, and grabbing on some interns, his second thing would be researching aliens. Oh, so that the Clintons love That was the second term when he was grabbing on some interns. First oh, term, I no, 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 no. He did it in the first term. And the scandal came out in the second term, and his book review of the Ken Starr Report, I think he called it the hottest thing ever produced in Washington. Mm. That's right. Before Fifty Shades of Grey, the Ken Starr Report. Oh, yes. Mm. So, Donald Trump, the war on women, you say it lives in his world with his constituents. Isn't this going to play then into the left? Because Donald Trump, what they do is they paint a wide brush for all the Republicans. So Donald Trump is now what the Republican Party is. First of all, how does that make you feel? Well, first of all, it's absolutely false. Donald Trump is not the Republican Party. This is a guy who goes out and embraces anti-conservative points of view. Which ones? Let's see. Eminent domain. I don't think we have enough time for me to list all of his uh, points of view. He's turning around and saying, we're going to go out and do health care in a giant way. He doesn't get specific, but he just gives these very broad things. He's been both in interviews. uh, There was an interview in July, I think, with Sean Hannity, where earlier in the interview, he said, you know, we get two involved in foreign affairs Mm -hmm. and then later on he said we're going to go in there and we're going to do this so he was both isolationist and interventionist in the same interview he just makes it up on the fly you know his statement that we're going to take all the oil from the middle east and give it uh use it to pay for veterans health care okay that's great that's never going to happen he's not based in reality but is it that kind of non-idealistic thinking that is actually what's needed for the presidency when for when world affairs uh you know switch and turn on a dime you can't have the same policy that you initially wanted that's my opinion when it comes to uh, barack obama pulling out uh you know in in 2011 in order to uh, run on the campaign that he ended the iraq war 
I think that we should have stayed because this would have created a much more peaceful world. Yeah, we should have stayed, but... But it would have been against his rhetoric. I mean, so is there something to be said about a Trump-type um, political personality who is just willing to go 180 depending on how the day goes? There's Trump and then there's rational. And you have a ton right. of rational candidates on the right. Uh, you've got Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, John Kasich, Chris Christie. Uh, they're all there and they understand at least, you know, you can't pull out in Iraq like Obama did, but you can't go full Trump. Nobody ever goes full Trump. That's, oh, my God. Uh, he's gone problem. full Trump. <laughs> that's madness. Kasich has dandruff. <laughs> so I, I, I do not like I don't I swear to God, John Kasich has uh, an awful amount of dandruff. So you don't believe uh, that Donald Trump. I, I have not seen any fact checking on the dandruff. Oh, so. I promise. Look at any picture of Kasich. Can he's, we call PolitiFact? You know, I saw Kasich on the five on Fox News today and he yeah. did pretty well. And I didn't see any dandruff. Maybe they got it, makeup just, people. It's makeup. It's probably really great CGI on the fly. Right. But, uh, John Kasich, you know, here's a guy who has a 60% approval rating in Ohio, a yes. crucial swing state. Right. And he's not registering nationally uh, among Republicans. He got, uh, he does very well with women. He does very well with, he got 40, no, 51% of the union vote in his reelection campaign. And we're not. No, granted, about him. he did not run a Scott Walker bust up the unions like campaign for governor, though he's much more of a unifier. No, he is much more of a unifier, which I think might be good for the country considering how polarized we are these days. But he's not even registering. And part of that is because he's not exactly the best candidate. He's great at governing. He's not charming. He's, it's, it's a show. It's all a reality show. He doesn't have the chutzpah for it. Oh. Well, I think it was much more when it came down to his music selection in the uh, summer right after he launched his campaign. He was asked, what are your favorite bands? And he said, The Killers. And The Killers are great, hmm. but he... No, they're not. It, 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 oh, you know what? <laughs> You're a horrible human being. I don't know if the killers are You're great, like the but... Kardashians of podcast producers. You really disappoint me. Uh, but, no, the way he answered it, you could tell it was fed to him by an aide of right. who the killers were. And it was inauthentic. And, and, there, and that's there is a big problem. Guaranteed no aide feeding Donald Trump his lines whatsoever and do you think that's one of the reasons that he's resonated when you worked with Rudy Giuliani the thing that I mean Giuliani's strategy number one was um, to I believe he didn't even focus on Iowa he just focused on Florida correct me if I'm wrong and then relied on he wanted to do what Trump has currently done which is utilize the television markets utilize mass media wasn't quite what it is now then social media that is and he wanted to sort of run I would say a lazy campaign I wouldn't call Rudy Giuliani's campaign lazy and I would he just never focused on word, Florida, uh, on Florida Rudy right? Giuliani was going to South Carolina he was going to Iowa he was going to New Hampshire he in no way the word lazy and Rudy Giuliani Giuliani are polar opposites. Rudy Giuliani, when he was mayor of New York, got at most two hours of sleep a night. And I still, even though Mike Bloomberg was a great mayor, I believe that Rudy Giuliani was the greatest mayor because he cleaned up New York and fixed it from being the rotting apple. Unfortunately, we're going back toward that because, right. you know, Bill de Blasio, his reign of error is just, you know, let's just say the de Blasio people hate every single word I have to say about him because... It's true. Well, he's not doing very well. He's a one-term mayor. I think everybody knows that. Cuomo is uh, desperate. I would not the Democratic be so Party is desperate to I find a, so uh, sure a replacement that, for him. Uh, that uh, Bill de Blasio is a one-term mayor. His support in the African-American community is very high. 
for such incompetence. It'll all go down. I mean, I don't think they're reaping the rewards that he promised them and their benefits. But anyway, let's get out of uh, local yeah, it, mayor. We'll get we'll have you back on when that election cycle heats up. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Catamazadius. Uh, Cata, you adult Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, that's right. He who was the Republican, one of the people running the Republican primary for mayor. Obviously, Evan worked for um, uh, Mr. Loda. Apparently, uh, it's such an exciting two-party system here that the Republican candidate Catamatudius. Catamatudius. He fell asleep. He <laughs> fell asleep during a debate. So that that just no. Shows he wasn't you. sleeping. He just thinks with his eyes closed and snores. Right. Mm. Do you like, s- he is one of those people that is fat enough. Like, you know how Ed Larson from the Roundtable of yes. Gentlemen, how he snores while he watches movies, we have but a- he's still awake? Yes. Uh, he has a septum. It's a, <laughs> a deviated septum, I believe. Right. In X-Men, yes. what type of superpower would that be? Keeping your friends awake. <laughs> Uh, it's he's a good driving partner i suppose <laughs> you can't fall asleep at the wheel because if you do his snores will uh, shake you awake every four or five seconds so it's very good he also it's actually kind of a white noise as well so it might actually work uh the other way around i could probably fall asleep to just his uh random deep breaths it's sort of like me and charlie rose's voice it's just perfect oh. for lulling you into that sleep it's a sweet warm embrace i could not agree with you more i, I digress love rose oh yes let's go back and, and, and we'll we're going to talk about Barack Obama and guns. Uh, he just had an executive order uh, today. He just signed it and uh, or will be signing it. I'm not quite sure if he if he put the pen to the paper quite yet. But either way, by the time this comes out, we'll assume. Well, he's a Democrat. Is- so given the uh, bureaucracy that comes with being a Democrat, we'll see it signed just before the end of his term. That'll be very nice. And uh, and possibly we'll discuss the Bundy situation in Oregon if we have time. But sticking really quickly uh, just with Trump, do you think his campaign is going on the right track when it comes to what's it what's states he's hitting and uh and uh in the constituents that he's engaging and uh and the same thing goes for hillary well with and 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 bernie sanders and please let me know if you think bernie mean larry david yes of course uh well let's take each one uh separately with trump the big question with his campaign is whether or not he has the ground game to get out the vote on caucus day in iowa 27 days from now when we're recording this or in new hampshire which is a few days after iowa if he doesn't have that I can't see him winning uh, in Iowa or even performing well. And then the story coming out of Iowa is Trump underperformed, and he doesn't want that story. Here, if he, if he gets higher, well, how far can he go down? If he gets fourth, that's obviously underperformed. What if he goes one, or what if he goes two, three? Well, it depends upon the state. Iowa, it's looking like Ted Cruz is starting to solidify this because Ted Cruz has had a masterful ground. Game. But again, that can change over very quickly. Three, yes, Ted Cruz could, could get caught with the Lindbergh baby. We know that, oh, and, and that could kill his campaign. And where but is it, the baby? It's like a seventy-eight-year-old now. I think. <laughs> well, listen, I do think that it could. If Hillary were caught with the Lindbergh Bailey, uh, baby, she would not be. Uh, it wouldn't really impact her polls Teflon. whatsoever. She's she might a, actually go up because they'd be like, "We want a president who's tough enough to kidnap the Lindbergh baby." <laughs> That's a good point, but, uh, Marcus. You were saying though uh i was saying that you know back in 2008 uh, what was it either 2012 San- that was santorum when- won iowa he was at three yes. percent and huckabee won in, uh, in 2008 and 2008. huckabee was That's a little bit was. more similar to cruz in that he had a slightly larger um time to rise santorum really came out of nowhere so it is all about just hitting iowa when it's is hot. more of a social conservative state and ted right. cruz is always 
been reliable for the social conservatives, and he's really worked well. He's also, in addition, so to having- how is Trump being doing so well in those social conservative states? Obviously, maybe he does lose to Cruz, but let's say he gets second, as opposed to somebody like Giuliani. I just use this as a reference because you have uh, inside information. Rudy Giuliani had a very difficult time, you know, uh, engaging the middle of the country in the southern states when it came to evangelicalism. No really, no one really bought it because he's an East Coast mayor. Now we have an East Coast businessman. What is it? Trump's just sheer uh, audacious racism. It's that, the that, audacity that, that, of dope. That's what I yeah. would call it. Um, you know, with Trump, he goes out and says all this stuff. But again, it's all about the ground game. If you can't get right. the people who support you out to vote for you, you can't win. It's simple logic. Right. Somebody like Ted Cruz has been going out and he has uh, 9,000 volunteers in Iowa alone. In mm. addition to that, he's gotten key endorsements from Representative Steve King, whom the left absolutely despises because mm-hmm. of some of the inflammatory statements he says. And then Bob Vanderplatz who's a name you don't hear often nationally in, uh, in conversation. I'm not even sure if the guy's alive. <laughs> Vanderplatz? Yeah, it's kind of like Bob like he... Barker on the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Price is Right. They come out and, you know, he's sort of a marionette, of, or they take the corpse, they marionette it, and it gives its endorsement. Yeah, but it definitely sounds like the first. comes with an actual living organization that will okay. get out the vote. Big teeth. You don't want to see him. It sounds like the name that you make up when you're trying to get into a very nice restaurant, and they're like, what's your name? You're like... I am Ben Vanderblatt. Yes. <laughs> Vanderblatt. Sort of like George Costanza Art Vandelay. It is yeah. a Vandelay esque, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, he's one of those guys whose name is Robert Lee, and then he's got a, a last name. I see. So I he see. comes from like solid stock. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. The old Robert Lee. Uh, I, I, I had no idea you were a stock expert. <laughs> I'm, everything you say, I'm, I'm more, a super, more I'm a super solid stock oh, expert. Ma- Marcus is the that's best. That's what they call me, super solid stock. Marcus Parks, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and a lot of people are concerned about Trump and his ground game in Iowa, especially the, I believe there's 11 caucus states. And caucusing takes a long time. It's an all-day affair. What is caucusing? Caucusing is when you actually have to go into an auditorium, raise your hand, and publicly announce who you support, which I absolutely love. It's the old school. Uh, the last one to really do it was uh, uh, 1899. The the uh, uh, Wilson versus, what was it, Brent? Brent? You had to go back, and you actually had to do it in a town square, and it really cost uh, the, uh, the socialists the election because the labor bosses told the labor workers who to vote for, and then they watched who they were voting for and if they yeah. voted for the wrong person. So who person. volunteered as tribute in nineteen or 1899? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. So you have to go and publicly announce. but And it takes all day and it's a much more exhausting process than just going and filling out a random ballot in Not some average high school. Not to mention it's a negotiation school. because yes. if you were going out and saying you're going to caucus for Ted Cruz and I'm coming in and I'm saying I'm going to caucus for Marco Rubio, but there are only three Marco Rubio supporters in the room. It's a very communal thing, first of all, because yes. you're doing it in your neighbor's homes. They can be polling places versus you go, uh, a regular primary where you're going into your local school to cast your ballot. Right. You're talking so, to your neighbors and saying, hey, you know, I want to support Ted Cruz and you're making deals. Yes. It really, it, it would make a great reality show. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, there's a great documentary called Caucus about the 2012 campaign. It's really fantastic. Check it out. So because of that, Trump currently has people waiting outside of his rallies at like 10 o'clock in the morning. They treat it like it's New Year's Eve in Times Square. They cannot, uh, they love him so much and they're so excited to see him. So the evidence that I've seen 
uh, so far points to the people turning up on Election Day. And if the Trump people are there, judging how they act on social media, if they are one-tenth as aggressive in real life as they are on Twitter or Facebook, I think they're going to be screaming at people who are supporting John Kasich, who are supporting, (laughs) you know, Chris Christie. You know, come to Trump. And I think there's going to be some real... uh, you know, mild amounts of intimidation. No, you're really underestimating the Gilmore voter. Oh, yeah. The- um, <laughs> it, it, Jim, Jim Gilmore's Gilmore. voter is one dedicated SOB. He's really going to go out and, well, Jim- Gilmentum. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I want to clarify the president of, in 1899 was William McKinley. Uh, McKinley. And, and he got shot. Look. And of course, we got Teddy Roosevelt. Of course. The old that was that was a classic left left wing conspiracy. <laughs> the uh, old what a bunch of idiots. They yeah, McKinley a, was really devoted to that uh, yep. conspiracy. He was willing to literally take a bullet for Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> what a great and Teddy time. was a great president, but that McKinley could have been something if he weren't in that. So, do you see the Cruz supporters having the same passion as the Trump supporters? And let's take that exact thing to uh, with Hillary and Bernie, because Bernie supporters they are uh, they're very dedicated, they're very motivated. I don't, I, I do not believe they will be armed like many of Trump supporters. Mm. Um, because of that, uh, with the caucus, do you think that, that do you do you think that benefits uh, somebody like a Bernie Sanders in in a caucus state? I don't the, think the ones that have the passion behind their candidate. Well, it, again, comes down to organization. I think Hillary's going to eke out a win and probably win by about five, six points in Iowa. New Hampshire is where Bernie Sanders is strongest. New Hampshire right. knows Bernie because Vermont uh, butts and borders uh, New Hampshire. And you have just this, we've known Bernie since the 80s. Yeah, he's the crazy socialist, former mayor of Burlington, Vermont. He's cool. You know, he does a really mean Larry David impersonation. Right. But... What's really going to determine whether or not we're going to see Hillary Clinton cruising in the nomination? South Carolina. If Bernie Sanders can't perform there, his campaign's done. Now, of course, Barack Obama won South Carolina, which was uh, pretty shocking. No one really thought he was going to do it. I think Bill thought he had that one in the bag, judging Bill by how— Bill called the candidacy of Barack Obama a fairy tale, I yes, believe. Yes, he did. And that, most, of, most of the conspiracy theories that are still around about Barack Obama, you could find rooted in Bill Clinton's stumping for him against him in—campaigning uh, against him in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Bill did a lot of code switching. He really— got into the uh, the notion that Obama is somehow uh, non-American and not one of us. Well, so do you see... I think Barack Obama's done a good job of making people think that he's not one of us either, especially on his leadership on terrorism, or lack thereof. And we'll get into the gun thing in a second. Do you see now that Obama, that Hillary doesn't have a black person to run against? Because obviously the black vote, like you mentioned earlier, um, is, 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 is they, they, they massive support for, uh, for Hillary Clinton. So I don't see how she can lose... Um, South Carolina. Bernie Sanders, regardless of his wonderful record on civil rights, I mean, marching with MLK, really having a proactive stance when it wasn't cool to have a proactive stance uh, regarding equality, he still doesn't get any traction because at the end of the day, the optics are a bald, white, 73-year-old man from a super white state of Vermont. Yeah, nobody's going to vote for the original hipster. But he's, uh, (laughs) you know, Bernie Sanders has had trouble with the Black Lives Matter movement when you actually, if you look at his record and what he's been talking about, they should be syncing up. And Hillary right. Clinton is responsible for the prison industrial complex. Yes. And the Black Lives Matter group is like, yay, Hillary, you're the greatest but thing ever. I don't think the Black Lives Matter uh, protest movement is getting behind Hillary Clinton. I think the black population in general definitely right. supports Absolutely, Hillary Clinton. But, but uh, the Black Lives Matter, I think, is more independent and will come towards Bernie Sanders 
as time goes on. I uh, think there was that one... There's not a lot of time to go yeah, on, the though. That's the only problem. taking on Bernie Sanders, not, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. I know there's not a whole lot yeah. of time There's not a whole lot of time left, but I think if they're going to side with anyone, it's going to be with Bernie Sanders. That one incident, that was a bit of a rogue incident. That uh, when the protester came, yeah, and of course. If up, you look at that, Bernie's, that was a bit if of a you go on Reddit there. and you look at all these other forums where Bernie Sanders supporters talk to one another, they actually think that it's part of some Clinton conspiracy to shut uh, Bernie down. Some of them, in addition right. to what the DNC has been doing with the server and oh, absolutely, but I having the debates on a Saturday night just before Christmas. That and, is not a conspiracy. That is a fact. They yeah. have had the debates on the most inconvenient nights to have a debate. Their numbers and ratings are extremely low because of that on purpose. I know. I had to stay Debbie sober wants- on a Saturday night. What is up? You with stayed that? sober for it. Holy, I drank more than I ever drank in my life, and I'm from Wisconsin. I was one of the 20 people who watched that uh, debate I watched just before it, Christmas. Yeah. Yep. I wow, watched it you as and well. I, we should have watched it together. We that, would have absolutely killed the Nielsen ratings in my home. It almost would have been too boring, and a black hole might have been opened. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. But Debbie Wasserman, uh, Wasserman Schultz, currently the head of the DNC, she's been asked to step down because there's such a large um, outcry it, because people see her favoring the Clinton campaign. So I don't think that is a conspiracy. I mean, there is a fact that the problem with Hillary Clinton in 2007's campaign when she was running, actively campaigning in 2007, she had too much exposure. It the wasn't less, too much exposure. It the is problem was Hillary Clinton. It, it, it's opposite of a PSA. The less you know... The more uh, you will, uh, more likely you are to vote for, her. and they know that. So I don't think that there is a uh, conspiracy when it comes to the DNC wanting to shut down Bernie. That server nonsense was exactly what that was. It was insanity. Uh, and for those that don't know, you can Google it. It's a bit of an old story now. Basically, Bernie Sanders, uh, there was a 30-minute glitch where they got all the data. We discussed it on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you just go back and listen to that. And they shut off Bernie Sanders completely from his database of voters. And if you don't have your database of, database of voters, you basically it's like being a billionaire without the uh, without the key to your safe. And you don't have any of your money whatsoever. That's sort so. of like Trump and his money. But we'll yeah. come back to that another time, I'm sure. Uh, I think with Bernie Sanders and Hillary, uh, the DNC wants to have as le- uh, as less of a competitive primary as possible. So Agreed. Hillary Clinton has as much money and resources in the tank ready for the general because they know Hillary has high negatives. She's got a trust problem. The American her- people do not look at her and say, this is a woman I can trust. There is a certain amount of willful, willful ignorance on the part of the American people when it comes to Hillary Clinton. It's sort of this, well, she could be the first female president, so despite all her indiscretions and the really, truly horrible stuff she's done in her record, we'll give her a pass because what example would that set to our little girls? Do you think Hillary being a woman is a net positive? Um, for the, For women? For this election, I mean, well, for women, it's absolutely not a net positive. Hillary Clinton actually went out in uh, and talked to John Dickerson on Face the Nation, and she said, "I'm a real person," Mm. which nobody on the right has accused her of not being. But I'm glad she clarified that for all of us. I think Hillary being a woman on in the left, it's not really playing as much, even though she reminds us of it every single day. At this point, she should just come out and wear a bikini to say, hey, I'm a woman. Right, 30 years in public life, and Hillary still has to clarify that she's a human being. It's not exactly where you want to be. 
Well, PolitiFact well, if said you were, two Pinocchios on her being a human being. Two Pinocchios? That's a lot of Pinocchios. Double Pinocchio. What uh, What advice would you give if you were working with Bernie Sanders? What advice would you give his campaign as opposed to apologizing to her over the um, over the data breach scandal, as opposed to absolving her of the email scandal, as opposed to not going after her for any one of her multiple failures as Secretary of State or as a senator? What advice would you be? Would you, do you want to see him get some talons out? What I would do, I'd say, Bernie, your campaign's pretty, pretty, pretty good. But you got to do the exact opposite of what you're doing. You got to go yeah. out and you got to go for the jugular. You got to tell Hillary Clinton her email scandal. You know, the most recent emails were released on New Year's Eve 2015. Yeah. And they released 3,105 emails. Of those emails, a full 9% were marked classified after the fact. And Bernie Sanders should be stepping on her throat saying, my God, you're talking about wanting to be the most powerful person in the world and protecting the American homeland, but you are so reckless because you want to have emails uh, that are more convenient for you that you would put national security in jeopardy. China is constantly hacking us. Same with Iran and all of our other enemies. Heck, our allies are hacking us to find out what we are doing, even on trade deals. Mm. And Hillary Clinton setting up a basically backroom server that is less secure than you know, the most basic of candy shops. And right. it, it, it boggles the mind. And now you have the situation in Saudi Arabia with the Saudis. They cleared, uh, they killed an Iranian cleric. They killed, uh, I think, 47 other people. The Iranians are pulling out of Saudi Arabia and they're, they're uh, actively flaunting their ICBM missile program, their underground missile program. And of course, uh, in the Iranian uh, nuclear deal that we signed, supposedly they're not supposed to be able to do those things. Hillary completely backed up that plan. Well, I that actually treaty, looked at the Iran nuclear deal. Nobody knows this, but there was an asterisk put right after the end. Oh, Iran that, can. It, it was the a lull? It, it was a Iran uh, put in a maybe. You know, yeah. it, it was the maybe clause. Iran ha- can feel free to ignore it if they really want. And granted, the U.S. has not exactly been beholden to our treaties in the past either. But I think at the same time, we have to, uh, you know, not just go and blindly trust the Iranian regime simply because Hillary Clinton, uh, John, uh, you know, her, her uh, successor, uh, you know, John Kerry the most and Obama has said that it was. What the most impressive part of that Iran deal was was President Obama embraced his true fiscal conservatism. He made sure the American taxpayers were not on the hook for the inspections. He said, you know what? We're going to let the Iranians pay for their own inspections That's and brilliant. they can do self-inspection. It is uh, uh, Barack Obama should just become a Republican at this point because right. he's just such a wonderful president. Self-inspection, like doing surgery on yourself. Not... Uh not going to be very good. That's well, for sure. It depends upon the surgeon. I think Ben Carson could absolutely perform brain surgery on, on himself. himself. Yeah, I would love if he did. He should do that in the next debate. It would be a well, you know, we'd have to hide the kids, but it would be fun to watch. That would be very exciting, actually, if he did a, if he pulled a little Hannibal thing, cracked open his, especially skull, if they but, put him under yeah. a time limit, thirty seconds, whatever, yeah. whatever the uh, whatever the whatever the game was where you had uh, what is it, doctor or something like that, operation. 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 I always Operation. touch the sides. It, it, I was terrible at that game. I was absolutely awful. Let's switch gears really quick to Barack Obama, the gun control. Uh, he just signed um, basically one of the one of the things that people are upset about that they don't believe uh, will do anything uh, is that none of the people who have been involved in the mass shooting events of the past year or so they got their guns legally or they either stole them. But either way. All legal purchases, everyone who purchased a gun legally 
actually went through a background check and they passed. So people don't see the, the ex, uh, expansion of the background check as anything other than a uh, another government overreach so they can get more information. Marcus? They're wrong on that. Columbine could have been prevented by this. Okay, I think these are more recent events. I know they're saying yeah. that the recent events, uh, but you can't say, you can't discount Columbine that just because it was 1999. Okay. Just because yeah. that was a little while ago. Limp it Biscuit was popular, yeah, you know, was I mean, it's different. But yeah, it are you insinuating these... that Limp Biscuit was ever popular? Yeah, 1999, they were crushing. <laughs> Let me guess, you still like Nickelback, don't you? I never didn't. <laughs> I never stopped. But had had these roles been in place in 1999, Columbine uh, wouldn't have happened. And arguably, now, why is that? Be- is that the- because, because they were because bought of the at sales? They were bought at gun shows. Yes, there was. They were bought at gun shows by uh, I think it was one of their weed dealers uh, or a guy that was a weed dealer. He bought it at a gun show through the mm-hmm. gun show loophole and gave it to Klebold and Harris, who said they wanted it for target practice. Uh, so, it- ar- inarguably. Columbine's the granddaddy. Actually, like that's where a lot yeah. of them. That's where a lot of them come from. But those weren't those weren't guns that they just got from their parents. Like that wasn't a you know that wasn't like a uh, what's his name Newtown. It wasn't like a Newtown right. Adam guy. Lanza. It wasn't Adam Lanza yeah. where he got it from his mother or anything like that. Right. Like this was a gun show loophole straw purchase. And I and I, I love the point. I would argue that at no point uh, in the uh, from what I read does it get rid of straw man sales, uh, which is basically when you go, you give somebody a bunch of cash, you tell them exactly what gun that you want, and they go they purchase the gun, they pass the background check and then they give you the gun. I feel like it is a bit of a band-aid uh, remedy. It's possibly all that he can do. And then of course... It's a hassle. That's all you, not, that's all you want, is a hassle. One yeah. One little ha- like because it's not preventing anybody who it's not preventing it's just a hassle it's that speed bump you know it's, right. it's like he said in the speech you know it's like we can't prevent everything but we can prevent something like we can sure. try let's at the look, very least yeah, let's yeah. look at how he came about this this happened in the wake of San Bernardino which was an ISIS inspired terrorist attack against the United States right what's the Obama prescription for uh, fighting terrorism we got to restrict Americans guns now, I'm a New York Republican, and I'm not ter- – I believe in the Second Amendment. Everybody has the right to own a gun, mm. but I don't think we should have crazy people or terrorists owning guns. I like to be practical about it. That's the majority of the country. Actually. So not everybody has a right to own a gun. No, 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 right. no, no. Crazy people, they don't get guns. I think that's well, a pretty fair thing. If you're liable to shoot up some people – you don't need a gun. Well, but you know, the irony is crazy people are the ones who get the guns. And they're, they're the ones who want to use the guns. They're the ones who want to use the guns. If you're but actively if you make seeking- it harder for them to get those guns, then they those stumbling blocks, usually crazy people... You put a you put a hurdle in front of them. Well, they're also they're gonna trip. They're not gonna, they're not gonna jump over it. Uh, they're gonna trip. Uh-huh. The shoot the female shooter. They asked you know she got into the country even though she had previously said you know she had ISIS and Al Qaeda sympathies. So the, basically, the U.S. screening process for getting into the country seems to be: Are you a terrorist? Check yes, check no. That is she it. Clearly, yeah. check no. Lied on that, which is a federal offense. But I don't think they're going to prosecute. I don't her on that think she cares. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> if it, she even existed, do you, re- do you really? Even if you are in, if you believe that government should intervene, do you have the faith in the government to actively police this and keep the guns out of the hands of uh, people well, who shouldn't have? That's, that's, that's an interesting point. Not. 
I, I, yeah, I, I don't really tr- uh, trust the government to do much. But I do like your point of if you do have a mental problem, put more blocks, stumbling blocks in their way before getting a gun. And that's why at this point on Able Against Top Hat, I would like to propose next to every single gun store a cold, stol- a cold stone creamery. <laughs> because if you are special needs and you see a gun store or if you see ice cream, this is a battle of the mind. <laughs> and I don't know what side I would choose. Because at the end of the day, ice cream can save lives. Yeah. I mean, other- it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be the government can't fix something, so let's make sure that it can't fix anything. And, sure. Yeah. Like, and we've it- had, we had this argument with uh, Cena John uh, right. as well uh, on, on an episode two episodes ago. Um, but the other thing is, uh, 225 years uh, in this country, it's been legal to sell a gun from person to person. And now under this new executive order, that is completely erased after two, uh, 225 years of history. And a lot of people do see that as an extreme overreach from the executive branch. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it is absolutely an extreme overreach. I understand the concept behind it. They want it. There are good intentions behind the president's uh, movement here. He doesn't want innocent people to die. Nobody wants that. But it's government overreach. And also, now, if I were to sell you, Marcus, a gun and say, hey, you know, this is my personal gun, I would have to be a registered dealer. And I'm only selling one gun. Right. I That's, you know, you got to go through more government uh, stuff. You're if, in a database. Marcus, if yeah. I were to sell you a car... I would have to be a registered car dealer as well. That's basically the argument. Let's right. tr- cars and guns. It's about the same amount of deaths uh, per year, I believe. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, but cars aren't made specifically for murder. You have not played Grand Theft Auto, have you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I have. And yes, in that game, they can. So they let me tell. Let me be. ask you this because yeah. you've really raised an interesting point. Right. In Grand Theft Auto, you stop at all the traffic lights, don't you? Oh, well, Grand Theft Auto is a video game. Well, that's a good point, Marcus. <laughs> it is a video game. <laughs> God, I wish it was real. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, that's all that's real. Yeah, you, but, yeah, but, anyway. but then the argument is that sort of slippery slope, right? So once the government starts to regulate uh, human interactions between, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens, what's the next? What's the next ban? Right? I mean, I still if I if you sell me your car, you still have to transfer the title to me. Yeah, that's like, transferring the title. But we're talking. But I don't need to be registered as a car dealer. Do you? Uh, so the right is extremely upset with Barack Obama. They think this is the this is a gun grab. The left is upset because they don't see it as anything that's actually going to. Uh, well, they don't not see it as anything that can't uh, you know propel the 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 the, the country in, in the direction that they like. But they don't think it was enough. So what is this? Just another example of a symbolic presidential action. This is an example of uh, executive overreach. The president, it's very funny how a con- the president, who was a constitutional law professor, right, really uh, doesn't understand the Constitution. No, if the Congress doesn't act, I mean, the, and the Congress has been a, it has been a do-nothing Congress on purpose. Uh, Obama has had a hell of a uh, difficult time getting things passed. But, you know, that was even when the Dems controlled the uh, the, the Senate and the House. Well, John so he Banner came he in and said that their explicit purpose, like publicly said that their explicit purpose was to make sure that nothing Obama uh, puts forth gets passed. Like, well, well that Banner was-, was in a tough position. Paul Ryan, I think, is a little bit more willing to negotiate. I mean, that $1.2 trillion budget that they jammed through uh, that was full of uh, a bunch of nonsense and pork. so are the and now of course this is because obama did not go through uh congress 
this is just going to get tied up in the courts, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be tied up in the courts. And where do you think the courts are going to decide on this? It depends upon the judge you get. There are some great judges in the federal courts, but I don't know which who's going to sue, what venue is it going to be in, uh, and that's really part of the question that's going on. So what part of the Constitution did he violate on this? Uh, it, he, it was executive overreach because the con- the, he basically went to Congress repeat, uh, and said, hey, I want gun laws. Congress said, eh, come back later. I.e. never. Never. Sort of like no, you right. know, the Nothing. girl you want to take out, and uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it next week-ish. Right. Uh, and so Obama just said, screw it. I'm going to uh, ram it through through executive order because executive orders, let's see them challenge the constitutionality. Will, so why are executive orders legal? Well, it, they like, haven't why, been why have be, they ever been used? They haven't been proven to be non-legal because there are legal scholars who go out and look at the Constitution and say – Uh, for the president and for the Congress, and they say, how can we take advantage of this? Mm -hmm. And the president has very smart people around him in terms of the law, and with executive orders, he's being able to go out and say, you know what? Prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to meet the burden of proof. The court or the opposition has to in the courts, and the court system just in America, period, takes forever. Yes, it does. How long did it take to, for Deflategate mm. to be uh, dealt with in the federal courts? I think that was about a couple of months, and that was actually one of the fastest we've ever seen. And that was such an important issue. <laughs> oh my! The Patriots <laughs> didn't have enough uh, air in their footballs. Oh God! Just oh, remain, man. You remember all those steroid uh, trials that went on during what was that? The Iraq War. Yeah, uh, damn, that was so important. Wait, Saddam Hussein was taking steroids? <laughs> That's right. That was the weapon of he was the mass. That was the weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, he was. He was the biological anabolic steroid. Yeah. yeah, and that, I guess that's that's what's well, really because he's not like necessarily um, circumventing the the Second Amendment any more than a lot of other orders have actually done. But so why? Are executive orders at all allowed? Like I think, like FDR had well over two hundred. Every single president in the history of America has had at least a couple executive. But the thing with executive orders is we don't live in a uh, you know tyrannical dictatorship, so the next president can just go and erase them. Yeah, you know that's you know that's that's why I'm wondering. It'll be fascinating to see what Obama's legacy is. What sticks. What is just? I mean, that's why he. It's going to be his it, uh, it March re- Madness picks. Let's be honest. Oh, he was. So, he is so good at March Madness. He's the president good. will he is be amazing. a wonderful ESPN anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Obama Presidential Library and Basketball. Court. And I would absolutely love to watch him be a uh, an ESPN uh, anchor. I think he, he'd actually he'd totally be really good him. at it. it I, Do you think his legacy though st- holds up under scrutiny? His legacy? Well, and, I, I mean, if okay, especially if a Republican gets elected. Let's go back to, and this is me trying to be as objective as possible. Let's go back to October, November 2008. Would you have said right after the financial crisis and Iraq being a, uh, just a disaster from two, uh, in 2006 that George Bush would be well regarded? No, most people wouldn't have. But now everybody's sort of having this second opinion. I'm still a little confused on that one. I don't think George Bush is well regarded at all. He's I think his numbers are coming up. People are realizing eh, he wasn't so bad. He was awful. He was the worst president we've ever had in history. Uh, I don't know. I think any president. Who was it? Uh, uh, not Tyler. It was Tyler's. Uh, Tyler was the VP for the guy. William Henry Harrison. He I died in 30 days. Yeah, because he ha- was so dumb, he uh, had his inauguration, and he gave his... Uh, 
yeah, the inaugural he gave address. His, yeah. I would argue he's two the best hours president. in the pouring rain, got pneumonia, and died because he was thirty-one days and out. Stupid. I love it. You got thirty-one days. Make things happen. No, W was a terrible president because he surrounded himself with terrible people. I believe if nine eleven never happened and he was just a domestic president, I just he would have been fine. Because Dick Cheney's guy just came. But to, although, uh, get you. Uh, although uh, you know, uh, no, I, I don't even believe that necessarily because his domestic policies that had to go completely underfunded because yeah. we had to go build a nation in the Middle East, such as no child left behind has completely um bankrupted the education away. in this yeah. country yeah, for no it. child left behind yeah. was a and our kids years. can't even spell bankrupted anymore yeah. they cannot spell anything and, it, and it's a, because it doesn't fit into a bubble you got to do all the bubble stuff and whatnot uh which is absolute insanity so you see the legacy it, it could go either way with Obama. the president's legacy could you know given time be good harry truman left office as uh, being considered a terrible president now everybody's like well wait a second They've gotten more perspective, and they're able right. to see Harry fine. Truman. He was a pretty good guy, yeah. you know. We like him. He, <laughs> he would wake fine. up every morning, and he'd do a shot of bourbon, and he'd go work out with the Marines. That's yeah. that's what we want in a president. A little chutzpah. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't really working out with the Marines, though. I yeah. think the Marines were taking Did it Did you easy ever see Harry Truman's six-pack? He's a tiny guy. It's easy to get a six-pack when you're small. <laughs> I don't know why I say it, but and he's just <laughs> puffing <laughs> exercise. <laughs> I don't like to exercise when I'm big, so I'm going to assume if you're small, it's easy to get a six-pack. Oh, boy. That's for sure. So if a uh, for Barack Obama's, uh, for the gun things to stick, they will need a Democrat to win the office again. They'll need a Democrat to win the office, and they'll need a federal judge to come down and rule on it. it right. This is something that could come down to the Supreme Court, depending upon how far the pro-Second Amendment groups want to fight this. And they're going to fight this all the way to the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court accepts it and rules on it, the only person who matters in that case, Justice Anthony Kennedy. Yeah. Mm. And Kennedy he could theoretically vote. be – and Kennedy is one of the most powerful men in the world because he decides. He is the swing vote in right. the court. Yeah. 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 Unless there is a new justice appointed before, well, that, that, be court, before that case hits the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg. Kanye West. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm all for it. I would love Get, to read his opinions. That would oh, be amazing. I, I'm sure that – at least he would email – at least These he, Supreme Court justices don't even do that. Ginsburg and Stevens are both out under the next president. So uh, if it is a Republican, that would switch it to a conservative court for a very, very long time because Roberts is extremely young. Scalia, I don't think that he has a heart to have an attack. Um, <laughs> so I think he'll be around forever. And Clarence Thomas, the less you speak, the longer you live. So he's going to live to about 200, 250 years old. So that would be, honestly, if a Republican wins, I do understand some concern on the left of that. Uh, that would change the court for a very long time yeah. all right lastly with the gun situation we just let's just touch on it briefly so the bundy family is up to no good in oregon there was a fellow his name is dwight hammond uh, dwight hammond jr he's 73 years old and his son steve hammond they have a uh they, they're they're oregon ranchers and they accidentally burnt down when fighting a bunch of bugs other people believe they were trying to uh, cover up an illegal deer hunting scam that they were operating they ended up burning 139 acres of federal land because because of mandatory minimums, uh, they are sentenced to five years imprisonment. So the Bundy clan went over to Oregon, uh, fully armed, to federal land. They are occupying the area right now. The Hammond clan, those two, uh, the, the father and son, have turned themselves into federal authorities, and uh, they will be serving out their time. But I have to say, 
One thing that I do like about the Bundys, and this is the one area that I'm very conflicted about, uh, and I don't understand why they don't like the Black Lives Matters movement, is when it comes to fighting mandatory minimums. I believe I, I think it is a violation of uh, uh, cruel and unusual punishment, and uh, I and I don't fully understand how they can't come together with uh, with a uh, movement such as the Black Lives Matters and really try to get some criminal justice reform going. Why do you think that? What's what's stopping them from doing that, Evan? Uh, I think it's a little bit of Black Lives Matter has been distorted in terms of how they're viewed within certain segments of the media. Uh, they. How many people on who are conservative are really lining up with Black Lives Matter? Rand Paul, maybe Ron. That's about it. Yeah. And you've got these guys who, you know, Black Lives Matter has legitimate gripes when it comes to mandatory minimums. But the when it comes to Black Lives Matter and uh, the Bundy clan, John Avalon, who I actually worked with on the Giuliani campaign, he wrote a book talking about how independents and moderates are going to really be the future of America. Mm -hmm. And in his book, he talked about the far right and far left. And the far right and the far left actually sync up after a certain point. You had, I want to say it was in Decatur, Illinois, you had a a protest 10, 15 years ago of neo-Nazis and uh, militant African-American groups coordinating because they realize they have this symbiotic relationship. And I don't think that Black Lives Matter, because it's still in its infancy, and the Bundy movement is also a little bit in its infancy, they haven't realized that they have a symbiotic relationship and they can actually do some stuff together and get some results. As a matter of fact, they're actively hostile uh, against one another. We discussed oh, yeah. before the show how these, how, uh, you know, the Ron Pauls, Rand Pauls of the world, and the Dennis Kucinich and Bernie Sanders of the world, they come together on these anti-large government uh, positions. Well, what, so, these, what these people are, are really splitting on and uh, why they're so at odds is because they're all about how they're being treated. It's like, it's all yes. about perception. It's like right. the perception of, of how uh, people are talking about the the Bundy movement, how the federal government is responding to the Bundy movement versus how the media uh, and people on social media talk about the Black Lives Matter you know movement what, and how the government, both federal and state, responded to them. I And I understand that, but I do want to point out, I do think there is Occupy Wall Street, when it was in New York City, they were given free food, they were given pizza, they were, they were uh, aided in their occupation. I don't see, and obviously as time went on, things got more hostile uh, with the police, and I'm sure that'll occur with the Bundy situation, unless because the Hammond family had given themselves up, unless they choose to just kind of uh, you know, give up and, and go back uh, and go eat at a Chick-fil-A somewhere. But I don't, and the media loved the Occupy Wall Street movement when it began. MSNBC was all over it. It was the greatest new civil rights movement of our time, economic equality personified. So I think there is a little bit of a double standard when people talk, discuss how the Bund... And I, I understand they are taking over federal land. I get yeah. that. No, they're but highly I, illegal what they're doing. Occupy highly, was so was Occupy. Occupy was legal. It was not completely legal. Zuccotti Park was legal. You don't have the right to shut down the Brooklyn Bridge every three days okay now that wasn't legal but that's a far cry from armed and occupying they're not bothering me in oregon i know they're not bothering you You in Oregon, but that's not the point that's not the point at all the point is that they are an armed self-styled militia that is occupying government land and government let's let's more in line with the constitution occupy wall street to the bundy movement in oregon 
you occupy wall street did not carry guns that's uh, they are philosophically did not agree with uh, guns whatsoever the bundy movement actually was uh denounced or not denounced but the hammonds who surrendered to the federal authorities yesterday said yeah these guys don't really represent us right and then you have occupy wall street who's saying we're shutting it down we're talking about this and that and the Bundy movement, it's what? Mo- it reports are dozens to 120 guys at most. Occupy Wall Street, 10,000, 15,000. It was such a larger movement. And I do think there is a little bit, I think it is a little bit blown out of proportion with how uh, demonized um, and, the and le- how, how the how the Bundy clan have been, uh, you know, so not demonized by me. Oh, no. I think that Occupy was on the was, left. was catered to much more. Uh, if you and, just and look at Twitter better. on the right, right, uh, people on the right who are very, uh, who can go for R to the right have actually said that the Bundy movement is just a bunch of crazy people and right. they denounced it. On the left, you had actual elected officials. Bill de Blasio, when he right. was public advocate, hung out with the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement. And the people, who, the very people who were the Occupy Wall Street movement are going out and turning it into, oh, look at these. They call them Yal-Qaeda. Uh, they're right. calling these guys white terrorists. They're not white terrorists. They're just guys who shouldn't be there. They're overreaching. They have a legitimate gripe. But uh, they really should not be taking over federal land. That's inappropriate and not the illegal. Way you, yeah, yes. I mean it's it's, it's sed- all illegal. It I is just, seditious. I, I, like yeah. the, this, these guys are insane with what and they're you doing. Look at, but you look at the riots in Baltimore. I would argue that uh, there's been a lot more violence from uh, hardcore groups on the left than there are than there has been from the Bundy clan in Oregon. And I think they've actually gotten some negative press. Again, you cannot go on federal property with land and claim it to be your own. Obviously. <laughs> but I'm just saying I, I think it I'm is still a bit trying. of a false. Listen. Yeah, you want some you want some of it? We could All right, actually- we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. Uh Ian uh Evans uh Siegfried, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having uh, me. When, when can people, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter and send me hate mail at, at Evan Siegfried, E-B-A-N-S-I-E-G-F-R-I-E-D. That's perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You'll Thanks have to come back. Me. I'm going to be on Red Eye, uh, let's see, January 7th at 3 o'clock in the morning. So that is 3 o'clock in the morning, January 7th. Or January 6th, if you stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning, it's very confusing. <laughs> um, all right, Marcus Parks. You can find Marcus on Twitter, at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter, at Ben Kissel. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Go find us on the Facebook page, Abling and Stop at. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com.